Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Tofu with Friends. I'm Charlie Clawson. And this week, we thought we'd bring you something that I recorded back in December when I sat down with Patrick Bramall and Harriet Dyer, the stars and creators of Colin from Accounts, which is just one big at the Logies. Uh, most outstanding comedy program and most outstanding actress for Harry. Um, Mike the Third here jumping in real quick because I have an update. Patrick just won Most Outstanding Actor as well. That's three Logies. It's a lot of Logies. I know Patty and Harry really well. I remember talking to them about this uh, show idea they had a few years ago about a couple who meet over um, an injured dog. And uh, it's just so exciting to see how it's been embraced uh, uh, by not just Australian audiences, but audiences all over the world. And I think this is a really great chat. You get a real insight into not only who uh, Patty and Harry are, uh, as people, but as a creative team, and how they came to make Colin from Accounts. So here it is, an encore performance, if that's what you call podcasts, of my chat with Paddy Bramall and Harriet Dyer. I'm Charlie Clawson. This is the final faux fop of the year, and we've saved the best for last. We have Australian acting royalty... Uh, award winning question mark? I don't know. I'll have to fact check that. Award afterwards. nominated? <laughs> no, award Definitely nominated. Which is, you know, it's as good as it's as good as a win. Um, um, but creators of the fantastic Colin from Accounts, Patrick Bramall and Harriet Dyer, welcome back to Fofop. You've both appeared separately, but this is your first time together. How does it feel? Yes. I guess we had to combine forces to land the uh, the finale. Yeah, which is a shame that we have to sit so close to each other because we're consciously uncoupling at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. beautiful, man. That's great. Very as, as I missed the I missed the press release. When when's that happening? Yeah. Oh no, it's it's coming out tomorrow. This is our last thing as like yeah, a, a, a married kind of, couple. Yeah, it's our goodbye. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a shame because I was I was thinking about it and it's like so you've both appeared on Fofa before. We've had on Fofa, Will and I will alternate guests and we've had people come on together. Comedy duos have even been on before, but this is probably the first time that two people who've had sex have been on oh. Fofa. That you know about. <laughs> That's and what true, I mean actually. by that is don't assume we've done it. <laughs> the umbilical brothers. It. <laughs> they definitely have had sex with each other. <laughs> they haven't been on the show. I don't think so. I just I just grabbed their name. I apologize, umbilical brothers. <laughs> 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 yeah, they're at it all the time. They've definitely done it. Yeah. Shocking brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> so I uh, have binged Colin from Accounts. Fuck, good. it's so good. Like it is. Really, really good. I mean, you, I'm not just saying that. Like, I genuinely go in to watch my friend's stuff always with the like of, oh, God, like, this may yeah. be hard next time I see them. But I fucking Constant. love it. Like, I genuinely – I'm five episodes in and I'm raving about it to Gem. Like, I'm like, you've got to watch it. We've, our, our viewing habits are not unified anymore. We split off viewing habits about, I don't know, a year ago. Good and move. and move. Oh, it's terrible because I, I miss that shared to. experience. And I think this is the kind of show that – it's we'll such. Bring you, it'll save your marriage. It'll save my marriage. It'll save marriages all around the world. That's what I'm predicting. Wow. No, that's what we tried to do. It's such a beautiful show. Like it's funny, but then I was not expecting how like heartfelt and moving it was going to be. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's what? interesting, isn't it? We we, I think it was kind of unconscious. Like we wanted to make the funnies. But we also wanted it to be about real people getting in the way of falling in love with each other. Yeah. And what we didn't realize is how much kind of pathos that would garner and how if we'd earned 
people's kind of, I don't know, affection, how much more that would mean to people. But, like, this is all a little bit of a fluke. It's not that much by design, was it? We didn't. We certainly didn't, like, sit down and go, okay, and here's where we drop this and here's where we do that. No. Um, but it was it, it just, just we just talking about another. it before and it was yeah. saying this is a really, this is, I mean, it was incredibly, it was so much work. It was it was a lot of fucking work. Yeah. But it wasn't like a stretch. It was like just uh, the writing came pretty easily and working together on that was like one of the most joyous bits was like finding the shit that made us laugh and and also censoring out, like cutting out the stuff that was a bit a bit too like, no, that's you're just going for the gag there. It's just like that's not really earned or, you know, we need, there was a real shared sensibility. So that was kind of easy for us to do. So we didn't really plan shit. Like we didn't, of course we plotted it. We did it, we wrote it out and we did a, an we outline. Knew, yeah, we knew where we wanted to end up and we knew that every episode had to have stuff happen, but it just rolled out a little bit. And yeah. just kind of, I think as these two people got to know each other and they caught feels for each other, that's when I guess the audience catches a bit more feelings for them or yeah something. but one of the consistent sort of things we've heard back because we first we've been blown away by the response because we knew we were really happy with it we really liked it and because we wrote the whole thing we acted in it we ran it and we we edited it we were across every frame like we were you know we knew it was definitely and it was going to either succeed or fail like either way it's our shot and we're happy with that we haven't we haven't compromised anything there no um what we heard, like that, review, oh, yeah, that yeah. review that said, yeah, yeah, it started with dicks and piss and stuff. That's and right. Shit, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. It like sucker punched you with the drama. I think around episode three, it, it comes and you've got the death of uh, Meggles's um, spoilers, grandma. spoilers, for, spoilers, uh, guys, spoilers. Um, and and it's suddenly you're kind of feeling something, and then you we followed up with a laugh about one of my favorite bits is David Roberts who plays her dad, and the bit with talking about the Toyota Crusader. Mm-hmm. It's like just in, like incredible kind of pathos, but funny, but real. And I think people, I think that people, some people were a bit like, and some of the reviews were a bit like, yeah, dicks and piss and poo and whatever. But then, but then, yeah, something happened. It feels uh, so authentic. That's what I think why it works and why you can shift gears between is because the, the laughs feel authentic. Maybe knowing you guys, knowing how you banter and your sense of humor, like, it comes across like the shift between dicks and piss and then like pathos yeah. like was not a surprise yeah. to me, but I can imagine if you're coming in cold. But then it's like any show where you pick up the uh, the the energy of it and the nature of the dialogue and all that kind of stuff and, and it sort of makes sense. Like every the, the opening episode of any show is hard because you're establishing backstory and all that kind of stuff. But I just feel – I felt like roundabout, yeah, episode three, even beyond that – like it just started to kind of just like spread its wings. Like you do think it's going to be one thing. We've all seen a meet cute romantic comedy, but then there is this more, this exploration of two people and why they are like they are. And it's not, you're not mm-hmm. hit over the head with it. And then you mm-hmm. really patient in the way you reveal kind of bits and pieces about their backstory. It's really, it, it, it's, it's so exciting to see, <laughs> like just see. Oh, man, like, that's awesome. Thank you, Charles. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, I really, I really, I hate watching anything. And uh, I've been corrupted by YouTube and it's very hard for me to get back and like even concentrate for half an hour. And I, yeah. I say that yeah. with all full of shame, but it's just like yeah. I, I know that like most people's brains have been corroded by like the Absolutely. access to entertainment. And so to hold and someone's also, attention for a the, series. Um, 
I believe the publicity's gone a little nuts in Australia and it's like we're so grateful, but Patty wrote a tweet that was something like, oh, great, I've got 90 seconds before I see another column from Accounts commercial. I've yeah. got to smack myself over the head or something. And we're not there. We're in Los Angeles, you know, so we I'm getting pictures from friends of us on the sides of buses. My dad's like, oh, honey, your ads are on free to air now. Like they are absolutely it's obliterating yeah, Australia yeah. with our fucking faces and i just want to say sorry <laughs> because we thought this would be this little indie thing that would maybe find a voice find an audience we didn't know that we were going to be like annoying people yeah. who are like we've already watched it now you're ruining I mean, it we know we're annoying people we, we just didn't annoying. know that australia would find that out no, we know that we so are soon. annoying people yes. but we didn't know that we would be annoying people oh right but That's we know that we are annoying people we are annoying people yeah yeah, yeah. you're yeah. annoying people who are annoying people who can be annoying people so i think it's just yeah. like oh, yeah. circuit. Annoying. It, it, it doesn't it's matter that situation yeah but, but yeah we just want to i just want to say let's put <laughs> quick apology to everyone who's Tired of it because yeah. you know what we actually could kill kill the audience a bit in that moment like a little bit okay and overexposed overexposed and it's so quick you so, it's a really easy thing to watch um like because they're only short episodes and I I've heard a lot of people going oh look I just sat down and watched an episode and ended up watching three and it's and I watched the whole thing in two days and it's like it was um we we didn't do it because just because the stream is called binge but that was. That was kind of the way we designed it, just to sort of chuck down like popcorn, really. Um, so, yeah, I think people have already watched it and they're still getting ads for it. Because yeah, even be- some people are going, I'm a bit late to the party, but Colin from Accounts is good. I'm like, you're not late to the party. It's, it's only two weeks. Ten days. Yeah, yeah, you're not late at all. Late to the party's in three years. I did, yeah. I did love that uh, your actual dog, Walter, gets a shout-out uh, in the scene where you name me. And I'm like, and I know as a dog owner or someone who's owned a dog myself, like I know that would have been an important for you guys. Like if, the, if Binge oh, had come boy. to you and said, guys, you've just got to cut that reference to Walter for whatever reason, they'd said cut that out. That's where you would have like, <laughs> they stuck yeah, your flag in the ground. No, that stays. There's no show. There's no show there. <laughs> and his little head on the armchair. And, yeah, he's um, in the opening titles. Of course, yeah. I mean, how could you miss yeah. that? That dog has the longest neck of any part dog, part mongoose, yeah. I'm convinced. Yeah, he is. You don't get the full uh, magnificence of his neck in the titles. But... And you don't want to get the full magnific- magnificence, magnificence? magnificence of his neck anymore because he's a bit fucking he's chonky. chonky. He's a chonky little man. Because our daughter keeps feeding him and oh. now his neck looks more like a footballer. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like, like he's getting that John Travolta neck. Is it where yeah. it's like his neck is getting as wide as his head? You know, like it happened to Val Kilmer, bit, yeah. it happened to yeah. like John Travolta. Collars are hard to fit. Let's just say that much <laughs> yeah. because yeah. it's Junior. all one length and width. Junior, like had, Junior had liposuction at one point. We Because um, dogs, and, and this will happen to Walter, I'm sure. Yeah, because dogs, get they get fatty deposits all, all over their bodies. They get like little lumps yeah. of yeah. fat. And so yeah. the vet will give him liposuction. So Junior had a new ass. He came back from the vet with like that. a tight ass. I was like, Stop my, it. My I do remember being around at one point by Junior. I don't know if it was at, at that point or not. It sounds like it. You do a love a new dog. ass on a dog. Oh, mate. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, that yeah, could... Wally, I get worried about Wally getting older because he's he's chunken. Anyway, he's five. Yeah, oh, that oh, that's young. He, he, well, he, how long does a mongoose live? Probably longer than a dog. Anyway, you'll <laughs> <laughs> be fine. Longer than a dog. They can beat snakes. Yeah, that's beat right. a snake. That's amazing. Also, uh-huh. the best BMXs. I remember growing up, like if there was a kid in the oh, neighbourhood yeah, had a yeah. mongoose, you're like, ooh, yeah. you know, not ooh, like my ooh, Kmart ooh. BMX that my mum and dad got me for Christmas. 
Totally, the mongoose. I forgot about. I remember that. being told that mongoose. My cousin had one of those. The, the animal, mong mongoose, mongoose, mongoose. Mong 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 um, yeah. The, they, the way they beat no. snakes is they see everything in slow motion. I remember being told that as a kid. Like Neo. Always, yeah, like Neo. So I was like, <laughs> that really stuck in my brain, and I was like, how does that? How are mongooses? What is a mongoose? It's a, like a ferret. It's a ferret. Uh, yeah, it's a ferret. What, what animal would it like? What you know how they belong to like a canine feline? What is a was a mongoose, mongoose. a dog? Like, <laughs> it's a, it'd be more of a cat than a dog. It, I'm going to tell you. It'd be in the cat realm, I think, more than a dog realm. <laughs> oh no! What's it? Rodent. It's a rodent. Do you think it's a rodent? Well, it's Stand not a feline. Up. Yeah, no, it's be a rodent. Rodent, um, guys. Yeah, it's a mammal. Yeah, and we know it's a mammal, mammal, but what species of mammal? Oh, carnivorous small ter terrestrial. I don't know. What? It's the family of Herpestidae. This would never have happened if I'd had David Attenborough on the show. He would have known exactly yeah, what kind of- I disagree. Of I disagree. I think, you know, David, he's long in the tooth. He's probably got producers in his ear telling him stuff. I, I think he'd be, we'd, he'd be doing no better than us at this point. Do you really reckon? No. He'd have, Look, I can't. That's in his uh, DNA, the mongoose. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, he knows all about the mongoose. There's a bunch of um, class order, suborder, super family, and none of them make no. any sense to me apart from carnivorous mammal. Yeah, okay. Carnivorous, carnivorous though. There you go. Do you know yeah. what? A, um, they, in Scotland, they have these things called, oh, they're these little ferrets. Oh, I've forgotten the name of them already. Flute? No. Float? Rote. Oh. Flip? Grot. 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 Gross. Something like that. Grouse, no? Yeah. Grouse, maybe, yeah, grouse. I think it's grouse. No, what? No, grouse. Grouse is a bird. A no, you go, yeah, no, grouse No, is that's a bird. A bird. Yeah, yeah, grouse is a bird. But there is a, a groat. Can you look up what, uh, sorry, Harry, because you've got your phone now. Can you yeah, look up? It's like this a little Scottish ferret. This is the final episode this season. This is, this is the, and this is what we're doing. Well, Should we pivot? Yeah, okay, no, what no, do you no, want to talk about? Want to look up? No, no, no. What do you want to look up? Ferret, grouse. Ferret it's, grooming near me. Scottish, <laughs> Scottish ferret. Yeah. Oh, it's a picture of your wife. Aye. Nah. <laughs> gotcha. Sexy Scottish ferret. Um, Polecat. Very sexy Scottish Tight, ferret. Much really good asses, Patty, if you stoat. really want to see a good animal. Stoat. Stoat. That's it, yeah. Did not say stoat? Did I say stoat? I don't know if you did, mate. We, uh, we, just, said, we were over in Scotland about a month ago um, and Gem. All right, mate, you're well-travelled. Yeah, Jesus. I am. I, I'm, well, you know what I'm not is yeah. uh, a good – my immune well system – <laughs> going on here? You make fun of my wife, my penis size. Who you been I'm talking so to? sorry. I've had one glass of red wine. Look at me. I'm a nightmare. <laughs> Very handsome though, by all accounts. Very um, handsome. My penis? <laughs> yes. That is by all accounts. Where did you hear that? From you, mate. Oh. <laughs> you told us that. <laughs> You'll tell anyone. Does it, <laughs> does it count if the person who owns the penis uh, says it's handsome? Like, well, you, really, did you, you take my word it. for it? Did, did, it, did you, yeah, yeah. You, you thought that I'd probably be telling the truth? You said it in such a way that I was like, he's he's either got a lot of great liars in his life who's seen his penis, uh, or it's real. I, I, I chose. I, to there was. I had. There were. There were. There was a, not a collection. There was, women who had all <laughs> had seen it, had contact <laughs> a, with said with said penis, and they had discussed it and said it was. Uh, handsome, like an English old English gentleman. That's how they That's described right. it. Wow. Like a David Niven, not, Charlie, though, like sable silvered. Like <laughs> I would believe that you, yeah. you're you're a, funny you're a handsome thing. man. You've got a glow on the skin. Your yeah. muscles are it's called sweat. <laughs> if your penis looked like a shamozzle, that would yeah. be a crime. That'd be a real shame. That would be a shame, but it shouldn't come yeah. down to that, Harry. Like well, a man no, is more than his shriveled, ugly penis. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But as, let's just say if you've got a nice one, it'll probably, you know. Do you well. Do you yeah, well. Yeah, it's like it'll that buddy remembered. Pete Davidson. That's the kind of whole thing with him, right? Like people are yes, freaking out about. Story. Why is everyone all oh, these hot women in love with Pete Davidson? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Why wouldn't women be attracted to a, like a, a funny, rich movie star with a huge dick? <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But well, you know what that's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what that's like. I know a guy who's just like that. Um, but, no, Mark Maron the other day in his podcast said that, oh, so did Kanye, like, just find out that Pete Davidson has a 10-inch dick and now that's why all the, that's why the anti-Semitism is all happening? <laughs> I don't know if that's just his theory or if that's just a known theory, but it's pretty good. <laughs> is Pete Davidson Jewish? I'm going to say yes. Okay. I guess he'd have to be for that joke to work. Yeah. Son of David. It's right there in the name. Bloody hell. Son of David, come oh, on. You idiots. It's the ABCs. You Boy, idiots. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Do you see him at your local Walgreens? Oh, no, I've not run into Pete, no. Are you I in Scott? Probably, you, you'd be living probably... with all celebs and stuff, right? Who's the Who's the most regular celeb you see around your area? Oh, we don't, I don't, we live don't. around more writers, the, nah. you know. Yeah, oh, we're not writers. in the area with the big hedges and the, all that shit. No, yeah. there's a lot of writers that live in this hood because there's not a lot, not a lot else to do. Writers, editors. You know, I saw Miranda, um, come on. Richardson. Otto? No, the one I love. The- Cosgrave. Oh, Miranda. Um, no. Yeah, the writer. Yeah, what's her name? Miranda. Oh, July. July. Miranda July. I'm a big fan of Miranda July. She's a bit of an oddball. I saw her at the bakery Look the other Charlie's day. blank expression. Oh yeah, God. it doesn't matter. She's an authoress. She's a many a thing. Uh, that's probably the most starstruck I've been lately. She was in front of me at the bakery. And she took a photo, a creepy photo of her sandals. Oh. And said to do a friend. Yeah. And I, God, guess, guess whose feet these are? <laughs> I um, did something similar, Harry. I saw there's an okay. AFL footballer I saw uh, up in Byron Bay um, on his preseason break with his girlfriend mm. and they were having uh, pizza and I mm. noticed he had a tattoo of a Nike shoe on his calf and so I surreptitiously <laughs> took out my phone and zoomed in on his leg and <laughs> took a photo of his leg and then sent it to my friends and a few people in the WhatsApp were laughing and then one, one of my friends said, hang on, where are you? How would you get the photo? And when I told you, he said, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't take yeah. photos of people's legs and That's send true. it around. I was like. Yeah, well, I probably didn't invade his court. his privacy. I hope he's sponsored by. I hope he's sponsored by um, Nike. Otherwise, it's a bit of a weird. Yeah, it a, I, I thought it was a weird thing. It wasn't it like a. Way, co- it could be a comment on capitalism or something like that. You know, mass produced sport. Doubt wear. it. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, how is Byron? God, I miss that place. Uh, there has there has been climate emergencies all over the place, as you would know I in California. Don't it. It's funny, actually. This trip I just did. I went to New Zealand, LA, London, Portugal. All right, mate, you're well travelled. Jesus, and then Southeast Asia, and everywhere was oh. having bizarre weather. Like New Zealand was like the longest snow season. London, it was like 23 degrees, hot and sunny. Like it was just everywhere you're going. It's like, ah, this surely this can't be good. That's a, that's a strange coincidence and nothing more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure so this will resolve itself. You just packed incorrectly, Charlie. <laughs> Don't blame us. Well, in London too, you'd have conversations with people because they get so excited about the sun and they're like, oh, my God, how great is this weather? And then you'd see the penny drop for them, but that's bad. <laughs> like that shouldn't be. Yeah. It's October. Yeah. It shouldn't be like hot and sunny We're in London. We're supposed to be mad and looking for vitamin D right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Did you do all that travel with baby? Uh, yeah, that was amazing. Not, yeah. She had just turned three. Um, she was actually great like on the long-haul flights. 
Yeah. Um, okay. uh, but the actual being in you, because, you know, we're constantly moving and, you know, you'd yeah. rent somewhere and then and it was a bit of a yeah. punish, to be honest. By the end of the four weeks, it oh. was more like an endurance test than like a holiday. Yeah. You know, yeah. particularly for Jem, because Iona got very clingy to mum. And I don't know what um, Joni's like, but, you know, that's, she's, Jem's very much the default. And it, and I almost aggravate the situation by trying to help. You know, you'll try and sort of like jam yourself in there to give mum a chop out, but that just kind of increases the tantrum or makes things worse. And so Jem was just like, had this child on her <laughs> for four weeks. It was just. We haven't quite got to that point because she's only 14 months. So I, I, th- I don't think we've got to that. He's weird. being modest. He is her guy. <laughs> <laughs> like I had a great week with her last week because Patty was in New York filming um, Evil, which is a CBS drama, and I would have had to have given her to an, a nanny. Um, because uh, Harry's shooting her. Because show right I'm now, shooting NBC American show. Auto, and so it would. All have right, been all a, right. We're all busy. We all got shit on. Jesus Christ. Calm down. It would have had to be. It would have been a really weird week whereby Patty wasn't here. And I could leave at you know five thirty in the morning and get home at seven o'clock at night, and like this nanny would just have to be with her all the time. And Joni, this is a new nanny. Like she hasn't had anything like this. But I got a false positive at work. Well, they just call it a positive, and so they shut the show down for ten days, and I just got to spend time with Joni, and it was so good because Patty wasn't here, and I became her default because I haven't been her default. It's been Pat because I've been working. But also I think he's just preferable to me in every way. He's stronger, his voice is lower, he's he's cuddly, he's he, like and I'm this wow. kind of, I don't know. Your words. Also maybe it's a daddy, actually no, because Iona's into yeah. Jem. Um, anyway, I'm saying anything to make myself feel better. Oh, but no, don't worry, Harry, like, I, d- I did the same thing. Like I have been the one, like Jem in Iona's first like two years, Jem was the one doing most of the work. I was doing most of the child rearing. But I still was getting none of the kind of love. Like Gemma would come home like fucking like David Bowie entering arena. Like Iona would just lose her fucking mind. And I'm like, hey, don't forget me, the guy who like got you up this morning and made you breakfast and took you to the park and put you down for a nap and read the stories. It's like fuck you, old man. Boring. Boy, bring on Bowie. Woo! Like getting the light out. That's so funny. Yeah, we don't have that. She almost punishes me a bit, I think. I like I come home from a long day and I'm like, I've just like yes, I got home at 725 to do the last five minutes of a day. And she like looked up from her book on Patty's lap, like, oh yeah, <laughs> you is it? And then looked back to the book, and I'm like, okay, I, uh, yeah. And then she kind of looked over the book again, and I was like, can I read the story? And she just like had no vibe for me. Oh. You just got to get in there and just like, it's just oh. it's just having FaceTime with her, and then the more FaceTime you have, the more she goes, you're my you're my guy. I think and it's, it's just I think it's because Harry's been more employed than I have. I've been doing. For the last bunch of time, and it's like, so I'm her guy. From but what today, I from what I understand, look, it, the allegiance just shifts. I'm just waiting for my time. That's what because yeah. other people yeah. have told me, oh, don't worry, she'll get to this age, she'll get to that age, and then it'll be all about dad. And I'm like, please God, let that happen in the next five years because I can only take so much. My ego yeah. is yeah, so kind of. my ego is so fragile. It's like I I I've actually had to talk to my therapist about it because I'm like, it's I I know I should be I'm the mature one. In this situation, I know wow. that she's a child who doesn't really have a grasp of what she's saying. But when she tells me that she doesn't want me, she wants mum, I get like, but, but what yeah. about but what about me? Like literally Absolutely. yesterday I went to pick her up from daycare and I rode my bike up because that's a fun thing we do. We get on the bike and we can stop at the shops on the way home, all that kind of stuff. And I turned up, hey, I'm here to get you. And the first thing she said was, where's mum? 
<laughs> and I'm like, but I'm here with a bike. I want mum. I, okay, mum's not here. And it's like, come on, kid, just give me a little something, please. That oh, my sucks. God, stop. That yeah. sucks. It's hard to, but even just today, like we've got, the, the like Harry said, we've got this uh, new nanny who's kind of, who's great. And um, She's from and Flushing, she, Queens? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and everyone else is wearing tan, but yeah, she's but wearing she red. Yeah, she was red. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, she has style, she has flair. I mean, she's there. Yeah. That's how she became the nanny. Yeah. Well, how did um, she, how did she, like, what happened, what previous job did she have? Was she? Well, her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. Oh, yeah, where, was, well, where was she to go? go? What was she, she to do? do? Well, she was out on a fanny. Yeah, <laughs> which means her vagina, right? Which means her vagina, Yeah. <laughs> So she really had to fucking, she was really in all sorts. It's not easy, I will say, as someone with one, to fall over and just land on your vagina. You have a very bendy back. Yeah. And I feel like she was thrown by the boyfriend with a great velocity, like out on the curb. And she was like. Like in the splits, which is why she landed on her family. Maybe it was like a low wall or something. She like smashed it like that gymnast on the Wild World Sports who ran into the. Horse, like maybe it was that. Do we do a fire it's hydrant? Like, just yeah, is that veg um, first on the fire hydrant? <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> I can't. Anyway, in this case, um, so <laughs> anyway, Mr. Sheffield. So I'm Mr. Sheffield, right? And um, CC, you're very much CC. Um, <laughs> And Walter's the kids, I guess. Anyway. Walter's Niles. Oh, Walter is Niles. <laughs> it's actually it's actually has legs. The butler, yeah. Anyway, so today, uh, the nanny's doing her thing, and I'm kind of just being in the office and trying to do shit and trying to do stuff. And I came out to do a bit of like, hey, here's a bit of a dad moment. Hey, I'm just gonna breeze by and say hi. She didn't want to bar me. And I was yeah, like, right. no, 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 this is me. Like, you know me, you love me. And I <laughs> you love me, it's like, Petty Man. Yeah, the upside down thing, which she loves, hated it, screamed. And like, yeah. And I'm like, I just had to give, I just like shamefaced had to give her back to the nanny. And I'm like. How I feel with you. Yeah. And I'm like, well, fuck you. Like a little bit of like, fuck you, Joni. Like, I don't have to be your friend. Like, fuck yeah. it hurts. Anyway, uh, we're doing well. We're, we're, we're adults that are raising uh, a very uh, well, well-centered human being. Yeah. Well, you know what my therapist, this is what my therapist said about it. Because I was like, you know, when she does stuff like, that to me, I can't, like, I know I, sh- I want to be the bigger man, but I can't help but be like, hurt. <laughs> and my therapist said, yeah, it's, but it's because that's a child who's triggering your inner child. Like that all, it, all that is, is just reminding of you when, when you were a kid and you're in the playground and a kid wouldn't give you yeah. attention or when your parents, you know, so it's just, it brings up all this stuff that you haven't thought about in a long time and a re- in a yeah. really raw kind of, um, yeah. Base level. It's just that you never resolved it. You just grew out of that age. You're like, thank fuck, I don't <laughs> um, have to deal exactly. with that. Exactly. I'm out of high yeah. school. Don't have yeah, to yeah. deal with and this kids anymore. Have no social niceties. So if they don't want you, they don't want you. Yeah. They're not going to pretend like that's what hurts the most is that they're so brutally honest. And Actually, you're like, I think if she started pretending and I knew she was pretending, that would maybe hurt more. <laughs> I think I prefer brutal. She's faking it. Yeah. Yeah. Then f- don't fake it with me, mate. I'm your dad. <laughs> Uh, so can I ask, um, coming back to Oz to make con from accounts, like how yeah. important was that for you? Like was that a big deal to come back? Because you've obviously had a lot of success working overseas. You've had success in Australia as well. But 
This is your kind of first vehicle together, this thing, this show that you created. Yeah. How important was it yeah. coming back to Australia? It was, it was integral, like it was integral to the, to the tone of the show. Like that yeah. was the, all, all the stuff that we came up with, the characters and all the stuff we wrote, it was all in the Australian vernacular because we did have people going, oh, look, just make it here. Like the, the setup, the meat suit and that sort of, it all works. It could be anywhere. It could be anywhere. But it's like we have been, we just find Aussies so funny and it was it was like just time yeah. to to try and, Bring another, yeah. you know, Australian comedy to our canon and down there. And we like, bowerbirded all the shit from our own lives or friends' lives or whatever. So we could have had a crack at doing it in America, but it wouldn't have felt as authentic yeah. and inside it as we obviously feel with our own culture. So that's why we. That's why, and it was great just to come home and work at home and all that sort of. Although COVID was in full flush in Sydney at that time, so it was. As well as uh, the rains. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite the homecoming we anticipated, but yeah, it was right, awesome. It was. It, it was so great, and and we couldn't have done it anywhere else. It's just it just feels Australian, and, yeah. and we're Australian, and so if we want to make something that feels really, I don't know, just very real, yeah, we would have had to pivot too much to set it in, I don't know, Chicago or something, or yeah, and who cares? About and that? we also wanted to um, give back to the industry that gave so much to us and continues to like the crews there and yeah and, and honestly and the actors and yeah all, all the people that was a really nice byproduct of it but honestly truthfully i think us being having had some success a modicum of success overseas helped us get the show made i mean binge have been fantastic with us and yeah stuff. but it's like I think there was a little bit of Hollywood dust on us, you know. They're like, oh, okay, well they're over there, you know. Just that that stupid thing, that that stupid thing that all us, you know, straight go, oh, they've been overseas, they've been in LA or Hollywood, ever. They must know what they're talking about, yeah. and we don't. No, we we don't know much more than we did back then. But but I think I think it would have been harder for us to get it get this show made if we'd never left Australia. It's yeah. that weird yeah. catch twenty two because we're like slightly shinier living overseas. Um, but I'm very happy to take advantage of that and and then make something back in Australia. But that's one of the ways yeah. I, I described it to Jem. I think maybe even even if it's a subconscious level, the show feel like the the experiences and uh, and the lessons you've learned working on American productions have influenced the show, but in the best ways. Like I think it, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, it still feel I 100% agree with the Australian flavor of it and the way you've cast it and even if people just come in for one line like it's so brilliantly cast and there's obviously such an affection for the little nuances of Australian language and culture and interactions and I say to Jem I'm just, I'm just going to keep using Jem as a sounding board so it doesn't sound like I sat here having these thoughts to myself but I did say this to Jem that it it felt to me, like so um, specifically, like a Sydney story as well, like but not in a not in a heavy-handed kind of way. But there is just a sort of flavour to that kind of, I don't know, inner west part of Sydney where you know um, Ashley's living in this share house that you know probably with you know at least one person, but maybe more. You know, it just had this. It felt really authentic, and. But on top of that was this kind of sophistication in the storytelling and the, and the layered plots. And you don't often see that or always see that in Australian productions because of like limitations on budget or, or whatever. But I think that, you know, maybe your experiences working in the States on, on American production has just sort of given this a level of sophistication that maybe other shows haven't had. Maybe so. I, I hadn't really thought of that. Maybe like because some episodes have an A storyline, B and 
some even have a little sea storyline. Maybe it's a bit of that. Like, but I think also you might. I, I think I need to think about that a little bit more. But I think another thing is that what we got to do with um, our producers at Easy Tiger and mm. and the streamer binge, the people there all championed us so hard and supported us so well that they really let us, like I said at the start, like be completely across the tone. So it was either going to live or die based on what we wanted. They really they gave us very few notes. Yeah. And, and the some, ones they did we pushed back on and they went, okay, okay, don't worry about it. Some of them we took, like the good yeah. ones, the ones that were like, oh, yeah, why don't we think of that? We took. For instance, like Helen Thompson's first line, Aaron's <laughs> been raped at the, you know, it's one of those ones that's about like Ricky Gervais kind of makes this point all the time. You can say something without making a joke about something, yeah. you know. And the, the subject right of there. the joke is not is not the is not the target of the joke. The target of the joke is something exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. And um, one of the big notes from Binge was like, we shouldn't be joking about rape, and it was like, absolutely, um, but we're not. We are. Yeah, shining a light on a character who dr- brings drama to herself. Like mm. she. She's one of the she she'd show up in Lismore and have no connection to Lismore. Do you know what I mean? Because she needs to be the center of all drama all the time, right? Yeah. And that's who she is. And it's it felt like a perfect um introduction introduction to her. But like, and that was one that blessed them. We just had to have a, a couple of um phone calls. Yeah. And they kind of said, That's okay. Let's okay, we trust you. And yeah. they they sat and listened to it in the table read and listened to Helen do it. And they they were across the edit. So there's moments where we said, we hear you. We're not just going to say no, but we're going to talk to you about why we're going to do it and why it's going to be okay. And we'll show it to you in the edit. Like, But we were in the edit. We we had the opportunity to kind of soften blows where we knew we were going to get some pushback yeah. and, and, you know, meet come halfway on a few things. So I think I feel like that's a rare thing to happen anyway, but particularly in Australia for the amount of shows that we make. That that the creators are allowed, um, are, are allowed the the space and the freedom to to execute their vision as they want it. That's very much actually something from America that we took, which is that US showrunner model, whereby that's true. You write it, you produce it, you're in the edit, you are across everything from page one to page hundred. It's mm. done. It's yours, right? That is that was very much an American thing that we. It's very did. American because because I remember like from you know hearing about showrunners from maybe I don't know 10, 15 years ago is when the showrunner model sort of was on the rise in America, and what I realized I didn't realize actually until I got to America was that showrunner is not a credit. It's just a way of talking about the people who the head writer maybe or one yeah. of the producers, and you That's don't right. get a fee for showrunning either. No. Like you get your fee for what we did for, for acting, for writing, and for executive producing. But there's no showrunning fee. It's essentially it's just a like role you, you just unpaid. handed the keys to your life over to the show. And yeah. you you are the show, but that's great. Like it's 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 authorship, really. <clears throat> it's someone taking charge for the creative direction and vision of a show, which is always much more interesting when it's singular than designed by committee. I mean, you understand why the network or the platform has to have like breaks on the creative, and they need to double check jokes about rape and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But, sure. but it's still creative driven. You know, that's the that's the great thing about it. And I think because your show feels so authentic. Because I was, I actually had that same thought about the uh, the scene where um, uh, Gordon goes on the date with Belinda, uh, Christian yeah. William Brown, mm. and he says his his pronouns, and she's like, "That's actually." And the line that Gordon says was, "Well, 
it's not trans language, it's, it's language. And I think that's a perfect kind of encapsulation of that whole subject is, yeah, you can talk about stuff. It is all just language. Like Sam Harris has this interesting um, – I mean, Sam Harris has a lot of interesting opinions of it about the N-word, and he says that, like, it's not this magical thing that makes people racist. Like, words don't magically make people racist. It's the application and intention behind the word. Like, you know, maybe we've got to a point where everyone, you know, freaks out about this word, but let's actually recognise that words don't control people. Words, they're not, they're not magic. It's a way of expressing, but who is doing the expressing and what are their intentions? That's what has to, you have to, has to be looked at. That is a very spicy take yeah. on the effort. I mean, I'm I haven't done a lot of Sam Harris and it's like I've done a bunch of Sam Harris. It, yeah, that's uh it is yeah. a bit, but it's, but it's. I mean, because the takes on the N word, it's very suddenly very spicy. But it's. But I know what you're saying, and I know what he's saying. Uh, yeah, it it's all about intention, um, and that. But that's so interesting too, because I listened to that great. Uh, John Ronson podcast called, I think it was called How Did How Things Fell Apart. It's a fucking awesome series. This podcast about the culture wars as they are now, and you know, talking abortion or talking about trans rights things. And he and he, each episode is about a thing, and he goes back in time to where the beginning of those this debate began. And in one of them, he's talking about uh, racism, and he talks to the author of that book. Uh, I think it's called White Fragility. Mm. And she says, uh, categorically, she believes that intention doesn't matter at all. And I was like, oh, you've lost me. You've lost me. I was on board. I was on board. I was on board. I was on board. And then I went, oh, no, you've lost me. There's a there's a, a divide there um, where if, if because, I mean, the criminal system is based on, you know, mens rea and the, the thought, the intention, and actus reus, which is the act, the crime itself. Um, and I suppose she might argue that, yeah, the, the the criminal system is uh, is based on white privilege, which is probably not entirely wrong. But but that idea of intention not doesn't matter at all is like oh I I I don't think I can get on board with that. I can't get on board with that. Yeah, mm. that's why I think that you know the, the, it works in your show though is because I mean you pretty much you you guys explain that and display that through the behaviour of the characters and because you understand where the characters are coming from as well. Like I just finished episode five, The Good Room. I think yeah. that's episode five. Yeah. And it's such a brilliant episode. Like it's so great. Like it's so contained. Like it's it's very challenging to not like, you know, there's no bells and whistles to it. It's all just character development. Is this the dinner? Yeah. Yeah. It's episode six. Okay, oh, it's episode six, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's Brilliant. Like it just, I was so astounded by how you're able to create so much action with actually little, very little action. It was just all about character, character reveal. And when you start to realize what is going on for Ashley and, you know, this dynamic with her mother and then Darren is the brilliant kind of boyfriend, like just so much tension and so, and the stakes are so high. And it's like, it's just a, it was just a perfectly weighted episode. But that's, I think, is a perfect example of. You know, you, you don't know that her mother necessarily is – she's unaware of what she's doing sometimes. She thinks yeah. that she loves her daughter and that she thinks yeah. that Ashley knows I love her, but she never expresses it. You know, she never uh, – and, 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 doesn't, uh, and, and doesn't sort of see a problem with that. And I think it's not resolved with a neat bow. It's not like, you know, she comes to her senses. She probably ne- – I mean, look, I've got three episodes to go. Maybe she comes to her senses. But that's life. You know, people 
hold terrible views and have terrible opinions, but it doesn't mean like he dismisses them out of hand. Like they still have value to some extent. You know, I think we live in an era now where people love to dismiss people based on one, you know, uh, a comment that they've made or, a, or or views that were expressed. But you've got to look at the totality of what someone has done because everyone has terrible opinions at some point in that, their lives. That's right. And also one of the things that, you know, in, in that same conversation, people are so uh, triggered and so um, uh, Snowflakes, now. mate. Bloody fucking snowflakes everywhere. Is it the sense of humour as well? Like that's why like that trans language bit is so much more interesting and probably layered and fun and because it's funny, like you can reduce it all and you can, you can laugh at it. It's so much more interesting and probably uh, articulate than me talking about white fragility or whatever the fuck. Like it, that's, that, I think that's one of the things that if you can see something authentic and laugh at it, that's our favorite thing to do. Like to keep that perspective because comedy to laugh at something, it already has a perspective attached to it. And that's why I think it, it's where I want to be. Yeah, that character that Darren plays, um, we wanted to, you know, if we get the opportunity, we hope we do to do season two, we want to play with how, like, mm. he's such a cancelable person, right? He is already getting into hot water in this season, you'll see, like, in Ep 8. But, like, we want to deal with... Um, we want to we want to look a little more into someone like him um and how he he can just be fired now for for bad conduct and, and as he should be, if he, he, should be. if he is behaving badly yeah. but we want to give we want to give him a little mouthpiece as well because there's people like him who are kind of dying on the vine because mm. they don't know how to adapt yeah they don't know how to adapt to this ever changing world and uh it's not like we want to give Finally, can the, the straight old white man get a get a break? Get a break. I'm not saying that, but like it's an unpopular mouthpiece right now, yeah, and I yeah. think it's quite a funny one because yeah. it is dated and it is. But everyone knows this person who's sitting uh, yes. at Christmas this year, going, yeah. "What is she they anyway?" Yeah. Like I L-B-G-2-Q-I-O-M-S, like LBG2QIOMS. I don't get it. Everyone yeah. has that uncle yeah. or that stepdad or something where you're just like, "Shut up, Cameron." Yeah. yeah. Shut up. Yeah, shut Just up, Cameron, if you are listening. Cameron. We fucking sake. know who you are, Cameron. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's just, uh, it's, yeah. Well, it, it, There's it, it, so it many opportunities for us to, like, because it's not like we necessarily hold those views, but it's funny to us to to, yeah. to push well, out the family like that. But it's also this idea that people aren't redeemable or, you know, or, or, or um, able to change, like, you often sort of, I always, you know, every few months when they dig up some celebrities' tweets from 12 years ago, and I'm like, fucking hell, man. If Will and I live in terror that people will listen to the first few episodes of TOEFOP from like we recorded in 2010, because we were trying to be like Kevin Smith on this podcast, <laughs> like just some horrible, bad, like misguided kind of comedy that would I'd be cringing at now. But I would like to think that in the intervening years that I've grown and changed and maybe my views of things have, have changed. And I know there are audience listeners to the show who have been with us from the start who will often bring up, wow, like when you listen to you guys at the start, it was so kind of frat boy, it was so juvenile, and then, yeah. you know, our views have changed. But that's only because they've had the benefit of 400 episodes to hear the evolution Whereas someone will go, well, this is who you are now and this is something you said 12 years ago, you're clearly the same person. It's like, that's ridiculous. Like people change in the course of weeks and months and let alone years. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
So what groups do you really hate? Yeah, let's go. Oh, my go. God, let's get into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, Canber- Canberrans. How dare you? How dare you? I'm, I'm, uh, it's fine. I'm joking. <laughs> We're going to Canberra for Christmas. Yeah. It's, go- it's going to be great. We Canberra- leave in about three days and we've got a 15-hour flight with a, a, a very tall 14-month-old. Well, yeah, so we never flew with Iona. She she flew when she was like six months old. We went to New Zealand, then COVID happened. So we actually skipped that whole awkward, like, you know, infant traveling phase. I don't know what that's going to be like for you Look, guys. Look, um, she doesn't like being physically manipulated and she doesn't know what anything means. Yeah, so she'll want to walk down to 58K <laughs> And pick up their small bottle of red wine and put it in her mouth. And more, they more they won't like that. More like walk up to 58K. I think we're at about 184 <laughs> Yeah, oh, we are. We're right, deep. Right by the toilets. We, we were like, the prices, the price gouging right now is, we were like, should we treat ourselves? We are like, you know, with Joni, as we stretch out, like, let's just have a look at what business is charging. Yeah. It's $38,000. Got to sell the house. American. Yeah, yeah. 38,000. US. And so we're like, oh, whoa, what about premium economy? Come on, come on, come on, guys. 18,000. Yeah, 18. And we're like, okay, what's economy? It's $9,000 for the two of us. Yeah, that's insane. We don't even have to pay for Joni. It's just us. And she's taller than me. Um, (laughs) No, so, yeah, we're we're heading over in three days with a a rowdy toddler. And I don't know. I mean, look, we've got those seats with the bassinet in front of them, so – I just figure anyone around us, like that's on them. You only have to look yeah. at the at the I seating chart. Know you, that a kid's gonna be there. You got to get over that thing of like what the other people think. I mean, we had the same situation. I have a real problem with that. Yeah, it, it's hard, but just put yourself in other people's shoes and fuck them. I mean, if you, if everyone was a baby, if they don't understand that at this stage, if you don't understand what a baby on a plane is, then fuck you. You're the yeah. one with the problem, not the person with the baby. Yeah. Yeah. We just She's did this. Party girl, she's gonna think it's a rave, and so it's just gonna be like fourteen hours is actually nothing. It's nothing. You'll be fine. It'll be over before you know it. It's it's like three movies on an iPad, a sleep, food, and then you'll be in Australia. This kid doesn't watch an iPad. Of course, she's too young. Not even Wiggles. Give her an iPad. She just swipe around. Like there's one thing she looks at. It's called Hay Bear. Like infant, this like just very high, high contrast. It's crack cocaine for brains. Essentially. It's terrible. Oh, my God. I just realized. Fucking holy shit. So Iona loves blue like most toddlers. Like, I, I think 50% of Iona's personality is built built off blue. Like she, the <laughs> gag she cracks, she loves calling me dude and big fella. Like she's wow. she like, feels good. Uh, she, she, she goes nuts for it. I just realized that I could introduce her to Uncle Rad. You could yes. record something for her, couldn't you? Oh, for a fee, absolutely. For a fee. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. What are you on Cameo? For a donation to your favourite charity. Yeah. No, my, yeah, my. my charity's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Joni likes the first uh, – she likes the opening credits of Bluey yeah, and then, then she she's up and she's off. Well, Bluey's absolutely. gone fucking crazy over in the States too, isn't it? Like I saw oh, – It's huge. That's amazing. It was, the, it's- it was in the Macy's parade, yeah. Thanksgiving. They were on, um, I think, the, the act, uh, David and um, – Melanie? Yeah, they're on the Jimmy Black. Fallon or something. You yeah. Jimmy Kimmel or one of those? Oh, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah, yeah one, one of the Jimmys. They won a bat blue, won a BAFTA the other day. It's, it's an incredible Natalie show. Oh, like the, the yeah, ro- Natalie, yeah, Natalie the, Portman went on it to impress her kids. Yeah, the ride the writing's amazing. Like I honestly feel like it is one of so, the best Australian shows behind Colin from Accounts. Uh 
thank you. And they are in the same genre. Very similar. Very um, similar yeah. genre. Both about dogs. Many's the case. In yeah. fact, pretty much every time we put on Bluey, Joni will walk out of the room and we'll sit there watching it. And one of us will cry. It's yeah. sad. It's a sad Sleepy Time? Show. Are you talking about Sleepy Time? That episode, Sleepy Time? Oh. Um, no, there's one about the mum where Chili's like, I just, you know, I wanted you to be the best. And, and then another mum sat her down and went, Chili, you're doing a great job. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> that's me. I'm that talking red yellow. Harry, you're doing good. I, I teared up the other day. I mean, I had a bunch, but one that I remember is when uh, Bandit's trying to teach him chess. Oh, yeah. And it's way beyond them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the mum sums it up. It's like, because the king just wants you to be smart and wants you to be the best because he won't be around to protect you. And I was like, oh. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> I mean, I take so many parenting tips from Bandit Healer. Like, he's the best. Dad going around. He knows when to be playful. He knows yes. when to like put his foot down. It's an amazing. I've listened to Hamish Blake's podcast, How Other Dad's Dad. Have mm. you heard that? Oh, no, because I make my own parenting podcast called Dad Pod. How many episodes of that have you listened to? Yeah, I listen to that a lot as well. Have you actually? Yeah. <laughs> I've done three, oh, four, four seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think season three had dropped away a bit, but I'm back on board. Um, but they talk about Bandit. He talks about Bandit here like, every time, like yeah. being the standard of dadding like and he is there's two dads two tv dads that i think are the gold standard there's one is bandit healer the other one is john goodman and roseanne dan connor is the best tv dad if you go back and watch the old episodes of roseanne he's he's funny he's loving he stands up for his family he's playful he's everything i because as a because my father died when i was quite young so as a teenager i would watch roseanne and be like i want dan connor to be my dad like he just seemed like the best he was the best tv dad blue collar big heart loved his wife loved his kids Probably should lay off, like, you know, bacon sandwiches and stuff. But apart from that. Well, he, ha- he has. He looks very different now and he looks quite grey. Grey. I mean, they all do. The lighting, it's, there's something in that show now. It just looks like. Yeah, Is it still going the, the new Roseanne? I don't know. It the was. Connors. It's called The Connors. The Connors. I think it's over now. No, it's still going. Oh, what? my goodness. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. John Goodman. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We live. That's a great call. That's a great call. We live in an era uh, where there are shows that exist that run for multiple seasons that you will never, ever, ever see because it's just too much to choose from. But one show that people should definitely catch is Colin from Accounts. Uh, Every episode available on Binge right now. Patrick Bramall and Harriet Dyer. Thank you so much for coming on Fofop. It was. uh, I was compelled. I actually messaged you about it before I actually. She watched the show and I was just so relieved, not just relieved, but exultant that I love the yeah. show so much. I couldn't oh, wait to great. talk to you guys about it. And I can really Thank you, mate. Thank Thanks, you, Charlie. Charlie.